A stubborn man once approached Abraham Lincoln to dispute something he had said. So Lincoln responded, how many legs has a cow? Four, of course, came the disgusted reply. That's right, agreed Lincoln. Now, suppose you call the cow's tail a leg. How many legs would the cow have? Why, five, of course, was the confident reply. Now, that's where you're wrong, said Lincoln. Calling a cow's tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. The truth is still the truth, even if what? No one believes it. A lie is still a lie, even if everyone believes it. Welcome to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. Truth. It seems harder than ever to know what it is. And today, Charles Tapp examines this thing called truth and why for many, it appears to be such a difficult thing to handle. With his message, The Trouble with Truth. You know, over the past 12 years here at Sligo Church as senior pastor, I have shared with our Sligo family so many of the activities that I love to be involved in in my spare time. I share with you my love for playing tennis, although I haven't played a lot lately because of my two shoulder surgeries. And you know I love to garden. And that's one of the things that has really helped me during this pandemic. The weather's been so great. I've had an opportunity to get out and and plant vegetables and plant sod and grass and, and pull weeds. Even pulling weeds has been fun during the pandemic. But I bet you didn't know the one of my activities that I really love to be involved in, and that is the collection of trivia. As a matter of fact, I consider myself <clears throat> to be a connoisseur of trivia. And one of the trivias that I love to collect, one of the trivial facts that I love to store in my brain are those classic lines, the those iconic lines from some of the most well-known films of our day. I know so much trivia. I believe that I could be on Jeopardy. Now, I may not win. I never said I would win, but I would be a formidable opponent indeed. But there's some famous, iconic films out there that have these classic lines. For instance, there's the line, here's looking at you, kid by the actor Humphrey Bogart from the film Casablanca. Then there's the line from the film titled Antoine Fisher, starring Denzel Washington, where the character upon which the, the film is based had a difficult time growing up as a youth as he was tossed back and forth during the foster care system. But as he grew into his adulthood, having finally been able to come to grips with his demons, he was able to utter these powerful yet unforgettable words. I'm still here. I'm still standing. But then there's one line that is probably on everyone's list of iconic lines in film. And it is from the film, A Few Good Men, where the character played by the actor Jack Nicholson utters during a very intense courtroom scene these words. 
you can't handle the truth. And although that line was written for a film to be delivered by an actor, it could have easily been written as a commentary of the culture in which we are a part of today. For the culture in our caring society, not only uh, are we not able rather to handle the truth, especially when we hear it, we don't even know what truth is anymore. There was a study done in 2019 by the Pew Research Group, which is a nonpartisan American think tank that studies the trends in our current society and the impact that they can have on our society. And they did one on this issue of truth. And it showed us that 85% of Americans feel that a basic agreement upon what is factual, what is truth, is a huge problem in our country today. In other words, 85% of Americans believe that it's a problem for us to come to a consensus of what is factual, what is truth. And half of all adults believe, this study says, that one of the main culprits that help to contribute to this mass disbelief and confusion is the degree of media media news and misinformation which has flooded our airwaves as well as the internet to the point it is reaching a crisis proportion. And as children growing up, we were always taught by our parents to always tell the truth. And even in our judicial system, we are told when we go to court to be a witness that we have to commit to telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But now there's a phrase which has become extremely popular in our culture today, and it has nothing to do with telling the truth, but now it's all about telling my truth and you telling your truth. But you see, the problem with this is that this idea of your truth and my truth is often used to justify our personal opinions, which cannot be and should not be challenged or debated. Why? Because it's my truth. It's your truth. You see, in many ways, a convenient phrase, it is used for avoiding arguments because I can contradict your opinion, but how can I contradict your truth? And how can you contradict my truth? I went to dictionary.com this week and I looked up the definition of truth. And I want us to take a look at it this morning. The true or actual statement of a matter. In other words, he tried to what? Find out the truth. Number two, conformity with fact or reality, verity. For instance, the truth of a statement. And lastly, a verified or indisputable fact, proposition, principle, or the like. For instance, we have mathematical truths. You don't have to debate that one plus one is true. That's indisputable. That's what a fact is. That's what the truth is is. Now, this is important because everything we read, everything we see on television, everything we see on the internet or social media doesn't mean that it's true, 
doesn't mean it's a verifiable or indisputable fact, which is why we need to be careful when it comes to liking something on social media, sharing a particular story on social media, or immediately jumping on the bandwagon because someone says something is true because it doesn't mean always that it's truth. When I was pastoring in New York, seems like almost a lifetime ago, a young adult came to me one day, pastor, she said, I want to share this with you. It's, it's something about truth. It's three questions, she said, that all of us need to ask ourselves whenever we hear something, and I never forgot it. Number one, we need to ask ourselves, is it true? Why? Because everything we hear is not true. Number two, should it be told? Because even if something is true, doesn't mean it should be told or shared. And lastly, number three, should I be the one to tell it? Just because something is true and just because it needs to be told doesn't mean that God has ordained you or that God has ordained me to be the one to tell it. I love the old African proverb. It says, gossip dies when it hits a wise person's ears. Are you wise today? Now, having said all this, I want to draw your attention to our passage of Scripture for the day in John chapter 8. These verses in John 8, as we will see, are a part of a very intense discussion between Jesus and his Jewish audience. So intense, in fact, that Jesus' words spark such a hatred in their hearts for him that they actually, Scripture says, plotted to take his life. Let's read it for ourselves in John chapter 8, verses 37 to verse 39. Jesus says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. Verse 39. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. What could Jesus have said that caused these descendants of Abraham, those heirs to the promise, to desire to see him dead? And by the way, this was no idle threat on their part because in verse 58 of John 8, we read that it says that they literally picked up stones and began to throw them at Jesus to try to stone him to death. What did he say? What could it have been that caused such hatred and outrage in the hearts of these pious religious people? Let's take a look at it. John 8, 31 and verse 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Sounds good so far. And you shall know the truth and the truth is 
shall make you, what everybody, free. The truth shall make you free. Now, before we examine their response, let's pitch our tents for a moment on the words of Jesus. For here are a few points that we can extricate from these two verses. The first is this, that Jesus is already speaking to those who already have a faith in him. In other words, Jesus is speaking to those who are following him. To those Jews, the Bible says, who believe. Number two, Jesus instructs here or insinuates that everyone who believes, don't miss this, is not a disciple. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Jesus is letting us know here that it, there are two classes of disciples. Those who are disciples simply because they believe. And we know that's not enough because Jesus says, uh, uh, James says rather in James 2 and verse 17 that even the demons believe and they tremble. And then there's the class of disciples that Jesus refers to as being indeed disciples or disciples indeed. And what determines whether one is a disciple or a disciple indeed is whether he or she, Jesus says, abides in the word. If you abide in my word, Jesus says, then you are one of my disciples. This word abide in the Greek language is the word meno, which simply means to connect. It means to stay. It means to remain. It is the same word that Jesus used in John chapter 15 and verse 5 when he says, I am the vine. You are the branch. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So Jesus says what determines whether you and I are really a true disciple of his is not just because we believe, but whether rather or not if we abide, if we remain, if we stay, if we continue in the word, his word. And the reason why it's so important for us as disciples of Jesus, dear friends, to remain, to continue into a relationship with Christ through his word is because Jesus says it leads us to knowing the truth. And the truth, Jesus says, will set us free. But let's look at their response to Jesus' words here in verse 33. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, I don't know if this is a case of selective amnesia or what. How in the world can they say, we've always been free. We've never been a slave. 
We've never been in bondage. Have they forgotten over 400 years of being enslaved by the Egyptians, being enslaved by the Syrians, 70 years in Babylonian captivity, and now they're under Roman occupation, Roman rule? How in the world can they say, we need to be free? We've always been free, Jesus. You're listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Trouble with Truth. And if you're enjoying this message or you'd like to find others like it, you can find out more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We'll conclude with the rest of his message right after this. I'm going to take a moment and just recommend that you breathe. Now, there are all kinds of breathing techniques that you can use. One is count to 10, you know, breathing in, count to 10, breathing out, kind of hold it in the middle, you know, breathing in His grace and breathing out His praise. Whatever you choose, breath is really important. And this time of year, you know, you may have a cold or you may have the flu and it's restricting your breathing. So you know just how important that is. God has given you that breath. In Acts, Paul wrote this, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else and so take a moment and take a deep breath and stay encouraged to get more encouraging content go to wgts919.com this is simple truths for life and this week charles tapp examines this thing called truth and why for many, it appears to be such a difficult thing to handle. As he concludes his message, the trouble with truth. Reminds me of this very powerful quote. I'm gonna show it to you now. Look at what it says. It says, the truth is still the truth, even if what? No one believes it. A lie is still a lie, even if everyone believes it. In other words, dear friends, truth is not determined by majority vote. Truth is truth whether you vote for it or not. This was their truth. We've never been enslaved. We've always been free. But it was their truth, but it wasn't the truth. You see, these Jews took issue with the fact that Jesus was implying that they were somehow enslaved and and not free. They were offended by his truth, which in this particular case is the truth. You see, Jesus is the only one who can truly use the phrase, my truth, and it actually is the truth. Jesus is the only one who can say my truth, and it actually is the truth. And this is one of the reasons truth can be so much trouble for so many people, because it challenges their truth. In other words, it challenges the truth they want to believe about themselves and and the truth that they want to believe about others. Their truth was that they were free. They were descendants of Abraham, but Jesus is about to give them a wake-up call and he's prepared to confront them with his truth, which as I said earlier, is always the truth. 
John chapter 8 again, verses 34 to verse 35. Look at what God's word says. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a what? Slave of sin. This word commit means to practice sin. And a slave does not abide, verse 35, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides, what? Forever. Please don't miss this. Many of us thought as children that true freedom meant that when we became an adult, we could do anything and everything we wanted to do because we were adults, which meant we were free. That is, until we actually became adults and we discovered we're more enslaved as adults than we were when we were children. Because as adults, you've got responsibilities. As adults, you've got obligations. As adults, you've got bills. As adults, you've got more people telling you what you can do and can't do than you did when you were a child. That's not the kind of freedom that Jesus is talking about, where we think freedom means we can do whatever we want to do. But Jesus makes it clear, dear friends, that freedom is not about doing what you want to do. It's not even being in, not being rather in physical bondage, but real freedom is getting free from the bondage of sin. And to bring his point home, Jesus compares committing sin. Again, that word committing means practicing sin. And you know practice makes what? Perfect. We're talking about individuals who are good at sin, not the occasional sin, the occasional missing of the mark. But we're talking about a person's life who is continuing down the road of sin. Here's what he's saying here, that if you continue to practice sin, then you will always be a slave. And if there's something the Jewish nation understood it was definitely this thing called slavery. You see, a slave, you don't do what you want to do, you do what you're told. If you're a slave, you're not the boss of you, that's the master's job. If you're a slave, you can never get comfortable, you can never remain content because you may be in the house today but tomorrow the master will put you in the field or even worse yet, he will sell you to another slave owner. That's what slavery is. And Jesus says, if you're going to continue to practice sin, then you are a slave. You don't have the sin. The sin has hold of you and it is keeping you bondage. But now in verse 36 of John 8, Jesus is about to challenge them with the greatest truth of all. Let's look at it. Therefore, he says, if the son makes you what? Free, you will be free indeed. Do you see it? Doesn't it appear to be a contradiction of words? Didn't Jesus earlier say in verse 32 that the truth shall make you free. But now in verse 36, he's saying it is the son who makes you free. Doesn't that sound like 
a contradiction? Not really. Because this is the point that Jesus is making. He is saying the son and the truth are one. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm the son, but I'm also the truth. For I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the one that can make you free. I am the one who can deliver you from the bondage of sin. Slavery is not about being bound in chains. Jesus is saying it's being bound by the chains of the sins that we are practicing. And only the truth, which is me, can make you free. That's why Jesus' truth is always the truth because he is the truth. Who says amen to that today? It's not about me having my truth and you having your truth. It is about the truth. And the truth is Jesus. And here's the thing about truth. One of the reasons why truth is, is so hard to handle is, is because it confronts our own truth, which is really not the truth. But here's what came to my mind recently. Jesus is not asking us to handle the truth. He's asking us to accept the truth. And the truth that he's asking you and me to accept is not a doctrine. It's him. It's not a belief. It's him. Accept me. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when you and I find ourselves challenged by the truth, not willing to accept the truth, in essence, dear friend, we are denying the very spirit of Christ who is the truth. And that's why so many of us have the problem, a problem rather, with truth. Because we have a problem with Jesus who is the truth. I was talking to a group of my students here on the campus of Washington Adventist University. And I asked them, why do you, why do you think so many people choose to deny the existence of God? And this has been during the time of COVID, you know, where we're all doing everything online. And one student unmuted himself and he said, I think it's because they've got a problem with truth. I think it's because they don't want anybody to tell them what to do. They want their own truth. They want to be able to do what they do. And if they acknowledge the existence of God, then they must come under the truth, which is God. And I said to the students, we need to applaud him. We need to show him some love, give him some finger snaps on that one. Because that's what it's all about. That's why we've got a problem with truth. Because it challenges our truth. It challenges your truth. It challenges my truth. And that's exactly what we need. We, our truth needs to be challenged so that we can accept the truth, which is Jesus Christ. He never asked us to handle the truth. All he asks is that we accept the truth and the truth is him. And when you and I accept the truth, when we continue to abide, stay, and remain in his word and continue this relationship with him, then the truth, the son, will set us free. There are many people today in our world, maybe even viewing us, worshiping online with us today, who are in bondage, not physically. You don't have any physical chains on you, 
but you've got habits. You've got actions and deeds that are holding you, binding you down. And Jesus is presenting his truth to you today. He's presenting himself. And he says, if you will remain in my word so that we can have this relationship together, I can set you free. For he who the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. Do you see the play on words? Earlier, Jesus says, are you my disciples? If you stay in the word, then you are a disciple indeed, and I will set you free indeed. Do you want to be set free indeed today? Doesn't matter what your situation is. Doesn't matter what the sin is that you're practicing. Jesus says, he who the Son sets free just won't be free, but will be free indeed. And we can be a disciple indeed. You've been listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Trouble with Truth. And if you want to listen again or share it with someone, you can find these messages by subscribing to our podcasts on platforms like Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify. Or visit us online at simpletruthsforlife.org. Now here's what we're working on for next week. It will not only help you to be successful, you'll have my imprint of my culture, of my nature, my values and morals in your life. It doesn't matter how pretty something looks on the outside if the foundation isn't strong. That's why God has built his kingdom on the foundation of principles like righteousness and justice. And why it's important as believers, we take on these traits and live them out for the world to see. Next week, we hope you can listen in as Charles Tapp shares his message, Generous Justice. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll plan to join us again next week for more Simple Truths for Life.